With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Elliot Show Parks here. Matt Lombardo on the show. We are in the radio booth at MetLife Stadium overlooking the field. The lights are still on. We got some playoff football on in the background. Uh, a lot of games today with playoff implications, but for the Eagles, the biggest one that happened for them is their win over the Giants at MetLife. The win clinches a first-round bye for them. And, Matt, I think there's really two ways to look at this game. Yep. The first is just what we saw today, strictly these 60 minutes. The next is what this means going forward. Because I think for these next three games, I mean, obviously you want to clinch the number one seed, and that does matter. But this team's going to the playoffs. They're going to have a bye. We want to know. We want to look at them and see what do we think this means to them. Because when they had Wentz, you know, that's what we talked about each week. Can they win the Super Bowl? Can they win the Super Bowl? So before we get into that, we'll do that part in the second half of the podcast. But let's just um, – the two big things today, obviously Foles and the defense. But before we get into those specifically, what was kind of your main takeaway from this game today? Just right off the top. Right off the top your- of my head, I think that we've been talking all year about how this team responds to adversity. And the most adversity they've faced all season is obviously – losing Carson Wentz to a torn ACL, right? Mm -hmm. There has not been anything that has happened in the course of one specific game where you can say, this is the most adversity that outweighs losing your franchise quarterback. And I thought they responded in a big way today, both big picture as well as within the game. They spotted the Giants a 20-7 lead. I mean, Mm -hmm. the defense couldn't have been flatter in the first quarter. The offense really struggled moving the ball. And then all of a sudden, Nick Foles in the offense, they start to settle in. Foles has a, you know, rather unremarkable game when you're watching it on Unfold, but a pretty impressive statistical game, 24 of 38, 237 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, and a passer rating of 115.8. So to me, I think there are some really big picture takeaways from the game, but if you're just asking me what jumps out, what's my first initial reaction to this is... If you're looking to see how they respond to adversity, I think you check that box and you check it off in a pretty emphatic way. I think my biggest takeaway is, outside of Foles in the defense, is Doug Peterson and John T. Filippo. Um, not only did this team bounce back from what, I mean, you put it perfectly, perhaps the biggest adversity this team could go through is losing Wentz. They come out to MetLife, they fall behind 20-7, to and, you know, honestly, it wasn't even that I thought they came out flat. I think the defense just played poorly. Like, I didn't think it was an emotional thing. I mean, Doug did say to the players, apparently after the game, that they need to come out with more swag. I honestly didn't think that. I think they just played bad to start, which is going to happen. I think part of the problem here is, Elliot, the defense took the Giants lightly. I think that mm-hmm. they walked into this. They With good the reason. 11 I mean, record. I know you're not supposed to take any opponent lightly, but right. the Giants' offense was terrible coming into this 31 game. overall, 22 in total pa- in passing offense, and you're looking at Eli Manning struggling this year, no Odell Beckham Jr. I, I think that at least partially what we saw in that first quarter was the Eagles playing down to the level right. of competition defense. Well, and I remember, I think it was back in week five or six, 
six. I think it was week five. The Eagles played the Cardinals, and I picked them to lose. And so after the game, I said, look, I thought they were going to lose this game, so I don't care if they blow them out, if it's close, whatever. That's an impressive win to me. And I think this isn't as – it's not an impressive win, but I think – for the same reasons that I thought they might lose this game, which was the fact that it's a third one on a row. It's a division game. You're playing a Cowboy, I mean, sorry, a Giants team with not much to play for. You're integrating Nick Foles into the offense. There was a lot of things working against the Eagles in this game. So the fact that they were even the simp- the fact that they were just able to win it, I think is impressive by itself. I no, it, w- it wasn't a good defensive game, and we're going to talk about that at length. But the fact that they were able to leave MetLife Stadium today 12-2, and they fall behind 20-7, to you come back and win. And what I was starting to say about Doug was, I thought he he called a great game today. He did have a questionable challenge call, which to me seemed why do you why do you risk uh, you know a, a potential timeout and a challenge on a ten yard uh, gain on first and ten? That just to me seemed weird. So I thought that was a weird uh, weird um, challenge. But outside of that, I thought he played a real. I thought he not played. I thought he called a really good game. And honestly, if Nick Foles is more accurate, and I thought accuracy was a major issue for him today, this Eagles team probably locks this game up a lot sooner. I thought there were receivers there that were open that Foles either didn't see or missed. And I thought, I mean, the Foles touchdown to Trey Burton, I could have made that throw. Right, but I'm, here, let's, let's just, I mean, I, I know what you're saying, and I hear all that, and that's part of why I said that while you watch it unfold, it looked rather unremarkable. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget this was a backup quarterback coming in cold, and he didn't turn the ball over today, threw four touchdowns on the road. If the Eagles, and I talked about this in the video post after the game from the field, if the Eagles don't make the Super Bowl this year, it's not going to be if today's any indication because of Nick Foles. It's going to be if because they play of the like defense. Today. Correct. If right. today's any indication. And I think that Foles checked all the boxes today. I thought that he played as well as you could expect any backup to play today. Um, it's not going to be a perfect effort. I think we've grown pretty accustomed to seeing some pretty remarkable quarterback play with Carson Wentz, who before he got injured was a legitimate MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. I had him as the number one quarterback in my power rankings over Brady at least five or six weeks throughout the course of the year, never beyond a top 10 quarterback dating back to maybe week four or five. So I think that the drop off in terms of the optics were there with Foles, but statistically, I don't think he could have played a better game. Um, The bigger concern for me is, Elliot, you look at the Giants offense and you look at all of their struggles. No Odell Beckham Jr. They weren't able to run the ball effectively. They were the 31 ranked offense in the league, 22 passing offense. And the Eagles gave up four. They gave up uh, 434 yards to Eli Manning. He threw three touchdowns. They gave up 75 rushing yards and a rushing score to or- Orleans Darkwa. There aren't any offenses in the league, at least in the NFC, that are going to be in playoff contention that are nearly as bad as the Giants. No, I mean, the Giants hadn't scored 12 or more points in Eli's last three starts. They put up 20 points in the first half or the first quarter. I mean, they were they really came out on fire. But let's before we get into the defense too much, let's talk about Foles a little bit. Because I agree with you, when you look at his stat sheet, if you just looked at the stat sheet today, you would think Foles played a lights-out game. And if you watch it, I think he played a good game. But, and I can hear the people saying I'm a hater already, I can see the comments, (laughs) but let's be honest here, he did not play as well as those stats indicate. I mean, the Trey Burton touchdown, that was Doug Peterson, that was an amazing play call. Um, Nelson Aguilar, that was an underthrown ball where Aguilar made a great play. And again, like, there's been times this year where receivers have made plays for Wentz. There's been every quarterback in the NFL is receivers that make make plays for him. But even when Foles threw the 27 touchdowns and two interceptions in 2013, I guess it was, even then, I mean, those are amazing stats. He didn't play as well as they indicate. I think today that was the same thing. He missed a lot, a lot of throws. And even some of the throws, I mean... To me, the perfect example of, of his lack of accuracy today was, I believe it was a third down play to Zach Ertz in the first half. Ertz is open in the flat. Foles throws it to him. 
yes, it hits Ertz in the hands, but Ertz is running towards the sideline, has to turn around and go back for the ball, which kills his momentum, even if he weren't able to catch it. And two makes it a tougher catch. And it's little things like that where you really saw the difference today between Wentz and Foles. And well, I don't think that they're in the same ballpark. No, they. They're, well, yeah, obviously they're not. And, and I think that if if you're looking at Nick Foles and judging him against other backups, I think you grade him on a curve. If you're looking at Nick Foles as a starter, I think after today. If this is what you get out of Nick Foles, I think he could start for 12, 13, maybe 14 teams. Well, I guess what I'm saying, though, is, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he could start for the Browns. But <laughs> <laughs> look at some of the quarterbacks. Yeah, so maybe the Rams. San Francisco. But, um, <laughs> right. Well, I don't think the yeah. Rams. Look, look what's going on in Seattle. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but, no, I guess what I'm saying, though, is if Foles plays like he did today, like he has to play better in the playoffs is what I'm saying. When those throws are there – you have to take advantage of. I'm not saying Wentz, I'm, Wentz certainly missed his his fair share of throws this year. I mean, he's missed Alshon deep. He's had throws he's missed, but come playoff time, Al, the, Wentz is going to have. If obviously Wentz won't be playing, sorry, we had a bit of a distraction there. But um, if Foles doesn't play better, then the Eagles are not going to win. And I don't care that he had four touchdowns. I don't care. I mean, not throwing, turning the ball over was obviously a positive. And you saw that by Eli turning right. the ball over today, the Giants kind of let things snowball him, snowball on him from there. But Foles has to play better, in my opinion. Foles has to play better. I'm right. not saying much better. I'm saying when the throws are there to be made, he has to make them because I, I when you play argue, these better though. teams, yeah, when you I play agree. these better teams, right. the, the margin for error is so much smaller. And maybe it's rust, but today he did have some accuracy issues. I, I think that that's just kind of what he is, though. He doesn't have well, the, pure, the pure arm strength that Carson Wentz has. I think he's a little bit more accurate on the deep ball than Carson Wentz is. He seems more comfortable throwing screen passes than Carson Wentz was. And I think that the throw on the touchdown to Zach Ertz, that was pretty impressive. And, and I think that you, you touched on with Doug Peterson, the play call that where Trey Burton broke wide open, that was a brilliant play design on Peterson's part. And to Nick Foles' credit, he didn't turn the football over. Right, he was which was one of the main once. positives, in my opinion. Right. And, and to me, if you can go into a playoff situation and your quarterback throws two touchdowns and no picks, just half the touchdowns that we saw mm-hmm. against a, a really vulnerable Giants secondary, you're going to be in a position to win the game. I mean, go back to that playoff game that they lost. He threw for 195 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and the Eagles defense and special teams let them off the hook in that playoff game. So right. you're going to be in a position, if Foles plays the way he did today, to win a playoff game, I think, but you're not going to be anywhere close to competing against the Rams, competing against the Panthers, competing against the Falcons, and maybe mm-hmm. even not the Vikings if the defense goes out and well, plays and away. See, so today. that's the problem. Like when, when Wentz first went down, we kind of talked about how, all right, well, the other parts of the team are going to step it up. And today you saw the specialist teams do that. They blocked three kicks. I mean, uh, Huge plays by them. The defense, though, they did step up at the end of the game. I thought I heard some people, uh, some of the Giants employees, complaining after the game in the hallway about how they should have thrown a flag on Corey Graham, but I disagree. I think that was good defense by Corey Graham. He got his head turned around. I thought the defense stepped up at the very end, but today you didn't see the defense step up at all to help to right. help Foles. And why I'm saying it's important that Foles hits those throws that he missed today is because with the way the defense is playing and with the elite quarterbacks you're going to play in the playoffs, it's going to be, you know, margin fair is going to be very small. If Foles misses a touchdown or, you know, puts a ball behind Ertz and so he's not able to get a first down or anything like that, that could be the difference in the game. So, yes, it could be rust. 
and I'm not, you know, it sounds stupid to say, well, obviously he's not as good as Wentz. We all know that. But what you saw today from Foles is he still has a ways to go despite what the four touchdowns said. Let me ask you this. So let me, let's just flip the script here. Let's just say that on that final drive, the Giants score a touchdown. They win the game 36 mm-hmm. to 34. Yeah. Who gets the blame? The defense. Okay. For and that, sure. that's kind of, that's kind but of I, but weird. I but I think you can also point out in that instance that there were plays to be made that Foles didn't make. I get that. And and I and I agree. But if you're asking your backup quarterback to make a start and score 34 points on the road, I don't care who the opponent is, whether it's the Giants, whether it's the Cowboys, whether mm-hmm. it's uh the Rams coming in for a playoff game or the Vikings coming in for a playoff game. If you're asking your quarterback to score 34 points and you lose, I don't think that no matter how many missed opportunities he had, unless he goes, you know, 0 for 17 in the red zone or something like that, and three of the touchdowns come on running plays, I don't think it's fair to judge that against the backup quarterback. I think you hold it against the defense, and that's where, to me, bigger picture, Nick Foles is going to make some plays. He's going to miss some opportunities. That kind of just is what he is. What I do like about what the offense showed you today is it didn't change. They didn't mm-hmm. run the ball any more than they have they in recent weeks. They threw it a lot. They threw it a lot. They ran the ball 27 times for 108 yards. They averaged four yards a carry, which is about average in the NFL, and Foles threw for 237, four touchdowns, and didn't turn it over. It, my big worry is, and again, that's why I say if you flip the script and the defense gives up that, that touchdown at the end, I mean, we're talking about two or three plays. Right. No, I, make no, a difference I, in a I game. agree. I agree with what you're saying, and I gave him a B plus, and I probably could have given him an A on the post-game report card that I uh, did for Foles. My only point is he missed a lot of throws out there today. That's yep. my only point I'm making, and that from now on, when we talk about this team, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, we're looking at this team in two ways. One, what they did that day, and two, what this means for their playoff chances. And to me, and this is a good segue to the defense, I think how I felt about the Eagles' play- chances in the playoffs from before the game to now – are definitely not better and at and maybe even worse because of the defense. But I, I saw a quarterback in Foles today that was able to get the job done, but I just still don't see him as a guy that's going to win a playoff game. I just don't. And I know right. he threw four and threw four, four touchdowns. No, he didn't turn the ball over. I saw him miss throws early on. And let's not sugarcoat this thing, too. The Giants are a bad team. Yep. The reason, I mean, and I said at the beginning of the podcast, there were a lot of things working against the Eagles. But the Giants are one of the worst teams in the NFL, and that factors into what I mean. If they play, if the Eagles play the type of game they play today on offense and defense, they they don't beat any team that's a playoff team. And, and, that? and that's that's kind of the reality. And I, and I'm with you there. And the problem comes in that the reason why I kind of focus in on the defense and the flaws that we've seen mm-hmm. is against those playoff caliber teams in a playoff game situation. Just look at how that game against Seattle unfolded. I think right. that's a prime example of how a playoff game is going to unfold. Take the outcome off the table, but one or two plays, the misthrow by, uh, by Wentz to Aguilar, Aguilar yeah. the fumble along the goal line, those one or two plays determine the outcome of a playoff game when you have two teams that are equally talented. My problem is that when the defense plays the way that it did today, not only does it hurt you on the scoreboard, but it puts your backup quarterback right. in a position to have and to credit, do more. credit to Foles that he fell behind 20-7 to seven and still didn't turn the ball over. Didn't force, him back. didn't force that much, to be honest. There yep. was one or two throws that maybe I thought well, you know, he shouldn't have made, but really didn't force much. But all right, let's get into the defense because you know, nitpicking at Foles, that's just kind of what we do. We're always going to, you know, nit, nit, nitpick. I mean, it's our job. But the defense obviously had some huge glaring issues. And to me, it started and ended. Or I shouldn't say ended, but it started with Ronald Darby. He did he not, was not good today. He did not play well today. I've never been a big Ronald Darby guy. And I think 
today you saw that, you know, last year in Buffalo, he wasn't that good. And yes, since he's come back, he played really well against Dallas. Didn't play well against the Seahawks. Um, okay against the Rams. Really struggled today. I mean, the Giants, and to me, this kind of shows how the rest of the league view him. views him. The Giants had Eli Manning in, who, yes, they're confident in, but they also benched him two weeks ago. And then they're, they're going... They're playing with second, third string receivers. I mean, yep. Odell's not in there. Um, I can't think of the guy's name on top of my head. King got knocked out with an uh, injury. The guy that had the long catch on Darby. Yep, so, and I and I asked Darby after the game to if he would what, talk. What, what, yeah, I was going to say, what did he say to you? Yeah, he's, he just shook his head and said, not today, yep. man, and he walked out the He's, tunnel. He wouldn't so, talk to anybody. So, I mean, listen, I get it. It's a rough day at the office. He wants I, to forget about it. it but I don't get it, though. I think he should right. talk. And, and I'm not I'm not defending him. I'm just saying that I can understand from his rationale why he ducked reporters. And this isn't me complaining about not having access to right. him. But I think that when you play like he did today, I, he needs to understand that when he blows off talking to the media, he blows off an explanation to and the And it fan looks base. worse because it's not just that. It's, right. you know, he goes up there and says, I, he answers questions for five, six minutes. He says he didn't play well. I got to play better, blah, blah, It's a very easy situation to Runs handle. Runs up to it and walks off, gets on the bus. Exactly. It's very easy. I mean, this guy isn't a rookie. This is his third year. But by not talking, it just makes him look worse. And again, right. neither of us are complaining about access. We're we're just not the type to complain about access. We're not saying you know we wanted we we really care to have the ability to ask him questions. It's more just it looks bad for him. Right. So and I, and to me, I think that when you play that poorly, there's something to be said. And I think that this would have garnered him a lot of respect with the fans by saying, you know, I, I let my team down today. I didn't play well enough. I'm better than that. I'll be better next week. Right. That's all you had to say, and it would have been over. Now. <laughs> Let's just focus on the game today. He gave up two or three really long passes, um, had a missed tackle, I believe, on the Sterling Shepard 64-yard pick play that wound up as yep. a touchdown. Just not a good day for, from Ronald Darby. And the Eagles secondary was almost in crisis mode because they made the decision to leave Rasul Douglas inactive in favor of Brian Brayman. Bad decision. But in the fourth quarter, Patrick Robinson goes down with a head injury, went down with another injury earlier in the quarter. You were in a really bad spot there, and you were stretched mm -hmm. really thin. And I get it. You wanted to improve your special teams because they've been subpar, and they played well today. You block three punts, you block a field goal. And how much Brayman had to incredible. do that, we don't know. But right. Brayman, the reason we should just say to the listeners, the reason Rasul Douglas was down was so Brian was Brayman was, Brayman was yeah. there. Right, and, and I don't think that you're helping your special teams all that dramatically. Unless, listen, we look at the tape, and it was Brayman's assignment that wound up right. leading to those blocks. But to not have that depth back there... It's a questionable decision on the part of the coaching staff. And Rasul Douglas kind of strikes me as the type of kid who takes a benching or being inactive a little well. bit personally. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But with, but, to, but to get back to Ronald Darby, bit a lot today on double moves. I mean, they were – and what I was saying was they went right at him. And I think it kind of shows that the Giants are not afraid of him. Teams are not afraid of Ronald Darby. Now – you know, of course, there's probably only how many cornerbacks in the league that teams are afraid of, but it just shows that Ronald Darby is not viewed around the league as his number one type corner. He didn't play today, and the other guy that did struggle also at the beginning of the game was Jalen Mills. A few bad penalties, got beat for a touchdown. You saw the Eagles' corners really struggle today. And look, we've we've talked about in the playoffs 
how's Eli, you know, not Eli Manning, sorry. In the playoffs, we've talked about they're going to face elite quarterbacks. How are they going to do against those guys? Eli Manning's not an elite quarterback. He has won two Super Bowls. He might be a Hall of Famer. He's not playing at elite level right now. He made them look ridiculous. I mean, Eli Manning has not been able to do this to teams recently. He came and lit the Eagles up. And it's concerning because the quarterbacks are going to play. I mean, we're recording this right now. Your boy Jared Goff is up 34 or 41 nothing in Seattle. Yep. Um, I mean, he's going to play guys like Matt Ryan. He's going to play guys like Drew Brees. Yep. That's who these defense the, that the Eagles defense is going to go up against. And over these last three weeks, they've played those type of guys. If you want to include Eli in there, just because everything's accomplished, and they've gotten they've gotten lit up each week. Russell Wilson lit them up. Jared Goff didn't light them up so much, but I mean the Rams put up uh, like two hundred yards and what three touchdowns? Like, yeah, something, last like, week, that. something yeah. like that. Yeah. So and then Eli did you know did what he did today? So it's not a good sign. Two I'm, touchdowns rather, but yeah, right. no, I'm I'm with you, and that's where. Again, you have to get a pass rush, and it's hard to get a pass rush against Eli Manning. Let's just be mm-hmm. honest about this. He's one of the quickest quarterbacks in the quickly, league, yep. you know, getting rid of the ball. They run a lot of slants. They run a lot of quick routes. It's just what the Giants do. A lot of players talked about that, including Malcolm Jenkins. But if that blueprint is there for how Eli Manning gets rid of the football and beats this secondary, what's it going to look like when Matt Ryan comes in and does the same thing with Julio Jones? Because Matt mm-hmm. Ryan, you think back to that opener a couple years ago, that's their offense too. They do the exact same thing. Um, th- this is going to be an issue in terms of coverage on the back end if the Eagles pass rush can't get home. And what do you think of the running game today? I'm looking up and seeing what they got. You know, they I was surprised. They wound up with 27 for 108. Uh, Jay Jai, 12 for 49. Uh, Kenyon Barnett, 2 for 21. Blunt, 7 for 21. I'm a little surprised by the numbers, only because when you fall behind 20 to 7, you kind of have to throw your way out of it, which Mm -hmm. they did. And you don't really have that opportunity to run the ball. And let's not forget, the Giants were driving down the field and had a chance to win the game with under a minute to play. So the Eagles didn't exactly have an opportunity to salt out the victory. But to rush for 108 yards and average 4 yards per touch... You know, if you're Doug Peterson or you're Frank Reich, you feel pretty good about that production, all things considered. And the other thing that stuck out to me today was coming into this game, the Eagles were one of the best third-down teams in the league. And part of that was Wentz, but on the defensive side of the ball, they've been doing pretty good on third-down as well. At least they had been coming into today, and, uh, you know, last two weeks haven't been great. But today against the Giants, 6 of 13, the offense was converting third-downs. Which was fine, and that was, uh, I, I know I know what the numbers were, you know, on the defense were, and we'll get to those in a second. Well, the defense was 10 of 18. Right, they allowed but, 10 of 18, but in yeah. terms of Nick Foles, what did we talk about, Elliot? The biggest thing they're going to have to adjust to is not converting on third downs as effectively and they as they didn't did early on. I mean, they started three of seven. Yep, and but they wound up. Uh, what do you say? Six, they were? Of, six, six of, of thirteen. Of thirteen, which is okay. I mean, right. it, it's not. Herculean like Carson Wentz was giving you, but you'll you'll be in games, you'll be competitive, you might even win games with that percentage. And where they really, I think, where Foles won the game, and really the team, red zone. Four of six, 67% in the red zone. Yep. Foles had some of his best throws in the red zone. That, that first quarter uh, touchdown to Alshon, where he had all the time in the world to throw, but to his credit, he sat back there, he found Alshon, he made the throw. The Burton won again, he was wide open, it is what it is. But the, throw, play the, call, though, the throw to Ertz was nice on the, uh, yep. on the goal line. So, seeing Foles play that well in the red zone is an encouraging sign. On the flip side, the the Eagles held the Giants out when they could. The Giants were two of four in the red zone, fifty percent. So that's an encouraging sign. Um, so I guess we'll kind of wrap it up with this. I said where I was in terms of I don't think from whatever my expectations were for this Nick Foles led Eagles team coming into this game. I don't think they've increased, and if anything, I feel less confident about the team because it seems like the defense is really falling apart. And I wasn't as impressed from as full as other people were. Where do you stand? 
I'm I'm right around there, and I'm a little more optimistic about Nick Foles because I thought that maybe we'd start to hear the end of this. They're going to be just fine on offense mm-hmm. without Carson Wentz talk, and maybe Foles would struggle. But he was uh, he was adequate today. I, I really, I mean, I can't point a finger at Nick Foles and say that he's the reason why they had to come back two or three times and why they only won this game, um, 34 to 29. I look at the defense, and to me, if the Eagles were going to make the Super Bowl this year without Carson Wentz, it was going to be because they played dominant defense and they ran the ball effectively. Mm -hmm. They weren't dominant on defense today. And if you play like that in the postseason, you're going to put more pressure on Nick Foles, which is going to lead you to have more opportunities for Nick Foles to make mistakes. So I'm kind of with you. I went into this game thinking the Eagles would be a team that might be able to win one playoff game if they played a team like Atlanta in bad weather or they played Carolina. I, I'm kind of in the same spot. I'm kind of right where I was before the game, maybe even a little worse than that. I don't it'll think need, it'll need some luck for the Eagles. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to beat the Vikings with the defense playing the way they did today. I don't think you're going to beat the Rams the way that the defense played today. You're certainly going to struggle against the Saints if they come Panthers. into Philadelphia. Panthers, I think you have a shot against. I think you have a shot against beat the Packers today, though. Yeah, no, that's at, at home, but yeah, but yeah, but I think it becomes a struggle unless this defense figures it out. If the defense comes out next week against Carr and the Raiders and they give up 13 points and they force three turnovers, it's a different conversation. But if the defense plays the way they did today, they'll struggle to win a playoff game. I I think this take from Ross Tucker, uh, NFL guy, kind of sums up how we feel and I think sums up what nationally the reaction to this game will be. Good news for Eagles fans, they won. Bad news for Eagles fans, they needed to block three kicks to survive versus the Giants. No shot versus Minnesota, New Orleans, etc. playing like that. Hey, why don't we climb in Ross Tucker's mentions and say that he has a terrible voice and he doesn't (laughs) play football? Because I think he just echoed exactly what you and I were just saying. So, we will see what happens from here on out. The Eagles now, after being away for three straight weeks, and man, am I happy they have some home games coming up. They haven't played at home since... I mean, well, three weeks. So I think like November 26th, something like that. It's been a while. Um, but now they're home the next two. They're going to have the bye. So they're they they they're not going to play a game away outside of Philadelphia until mid-January, like January 14th or something like that. So they have some time coming up at home. They have time to improve the things that you saw there they need to work on. The question is, will they be able to? So we're going to end this here from MetLife. Um, we'll have the post-game, the hot take pod for you on Tuesday with Joe, hopefully. So please send us your reactions. You can tweet them. Tweet us at hashtag the no huddle show, or you can email at the no huddle show at nj.com. So that's hashtag no huddle show, or email at, at um, the no huddle show at nj.com, and we will react and read your uh, reactions on the pod on Tuesday. And so, by the way, if you've made it this far into the show, if you've made you it go. this far listening to us during the season, go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, all of those things. Follow us on YouTube. Follow mm-hmm. Elliot on Twitter, at Elliot Shore Parks. I'm at Matt Lombardo, PHL. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the five-star reviews, whether the comments rip us or praise us. We appreciate you listening one way or the other. And uh, Elliot, we will do this again on Tuesday. Yep, talk to you guys on Tuesday.